Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Let's see, how can we do this tonight? I'll put it all together. Go to, uh, go to Acts chapter 4. Let's do it like that. Go to Acts chapter 4. Now, we've been talking about the works that Christ did, we do also. But if we were to summarize what we are talking about is walking in a higher dimension of power than we've walked in bef- than that which we've walked in before, both corporately and individual, as individuals, families, individual people, and then together as a as a as a corporate body, as a church. I, I don't know why, in study of the Word of God, men and women would think that this power that's available to every believer just comes just because. And just think, you know, when you think it comes just because, then you wait around for just because to happen. You know, I begin to think about today, I was driving home from, I've been over Winnie uh, yesterday afternoon and last night and this morning, and I was driving back and I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about things that had happened in our ministry, even here at Island Church, that were uh, uh, powerful manifestations of the power of God, people that, are, that have been healed, uh, uh, things that have happened for pe- people, financial breakthroughs. Then I begin to think about our traveling ministry, all the signs, wonders, and miracles we saw during that. Then I begin to think about other men of God and the, and the miracles I witnessed as I was in their meetings. But you know, nobody, nobody, myself, none of, no other men, nobody has done that. That's God that does that. We're the, we're the conduit in which God works through. We don't save anybody. We don't heal anybody. But what we do do is we walk in the power of that word. Actually, as I was driving, I began to think about it's really what's called the power of truth because there is power in truth. The thing about about a lie, what gives lie, what gives a lie, gives gives lies power is people believing them. That empowers the lie. You know, you, you tell a lie, people believe it. That empowers the lie to, to be propagated. But you know, the truth is different. The truth empowers you. There is a difference. You say, what do you mean by that? You're trying to get everybody to, to believe the lie. The truth doesn't do that. There's an automatic power built into the Word of God to convince you of its reality. Remember what Jesus said, where, where was uh, 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 John, John chapter 14? Uh, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. Indeed, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Because of our humanity, many times we get facts and truth mixed up. But see, facts, the opposite of a fact. Now listen very carefully, you, this will help you. The opposite of a fact is a lie. The opposite of truth is death. You say, well, I I thought the opposite of death is life. No, truth is life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. They're They're interwoven. So when you have, have you ever noticed how truth produces life? 
the truth of the Word of God, the absolutes of the world, the absolutes of creation. Think about this. The absolutes of creation that are truth. The sun comes up in the west, goes down in the east. The moon every month that comes up and has an effect on everything from the tides to the seasons and migrations, all kinds of things that it does. Uh, the rains and the seasons that come that produce seed time and harvest. These are all absolutes. These are all things that cannot be changed by humanity, can't be altered by the devil, and you really can't create a lie to alter them. I mean, we could, we could print books and signs and have seminars on, on, you know, we are the church that's believing one day that the sun's not going to come up in the east, it's going to come up in the west, and that's going to prove to the whole world that we're all of God. Ha! Huh? Amen. Don't join that church. That's not going to happen. You say, why? You're trying to drag the truth into the realm of the facts, and because you're confused over the Word of God, then even though you may be innocent or naive in what you're saying, what you're saying is a lie. It ain't going to come up in the East. I mean, in the West. It's going to come up in the East until God folds this whole thing up like a, like a blanket, He said, and puts it away. You say, why? Because He used His Word in creation, and His Word is truth. Now, God gives us the full volume of His truth that He wants us to have. I don't believe in any sense of, of my imagination that this is the full volume of truth of God. I believe this is what we can handle and this is what we contain. John the Revelator himself said, if all the things that Jesus did in the Gospels were printed, the world itself could not contain the books. He must have really done some stuff in those three and a half years. I mean, we're going to look in just a minute where he went into places as we look Sunday night and he healed everybody that was there. He cast out all the demons. I mean, everywhere he went, demons just spoke up, you know. I mean, he activated the spirit realm like nothing else. He still does today. I said he still does today. Now, Acts chapter 4 is a unique chapter because this is going to be the litmus test of these realities that, that Jesus spoke in John chapter 14. The works that I do shall you do also. So we fast forward to Acts chapter 3, and here they walk up to a man at a gate, and they minister healing to him, and he's totally healed. And the, and the, and the Jewish religion, the Sanhedrin hierarchy, did everything they could do to suppress that. That, that, that just shows you the ugliness of religion. Religion is it's ugly because it controls people with the idea of your submission to it producing something for you that it don't. You say, what do you mean? Well, what if you, went to, what if you went to a church your whole life, and there's many of them out there that knew nothing about the new birth? I mean, they, they were convinced that, you know, you, you, we're all good people here. Come on, we're all good people. We all just need to try to, to, to just do it. We all need to do a little better. And so they get up and exhort every Sunday and every time they have a service, you know, God, come on, now we need to think a little better, do a little better. And it's all an exhortation to basically behave better. Well, in reality, that's as far as the gospel, as far as the reality of the gospel as you can get because the, the reality of the gospel is not an effort to behave better. It's a brand new life in which the effort to behave better is encapsulated in the reality of the new birth. You are born again. So God wanted everyone to know that when I cause people to actually step out of the realm of death and into the realm of life, to come out of darkness and into light, they are empowered people. They're not religious people. They are empowered people. 
What are we empowered for? We are empowered to obey the words of Jesus when he said, I'm come that you might have life and to have it in abundance. He wants our lives to manifest abundant life. Amen. You say, what does that mean? Does that mean I need a mansion and a, and a, and a, and a private jet? No, that, that means that God in your life produces a, a sufficiency to the point that it's seen, known, and understood. God does that for him. God does that for him. God does that for him. God did that for her. God did that for this church. There are some undeniable things. I remember when we began to negotiate for the land, and then when we got it, uh, the process, I believe we started in, in, in uh, September before our fall. No, 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 no. We started before uh, Fire for the Nations that year. And so we started believing God and, and really narrowing it down to two pieces of land and, and then praying. And then I went to a conference in, in Tulsa in August and said, okay, God, I've got to know what, what piece of land is it that you have for us. We had gone through the process of sowing, believing God, standing in faith. We had some money coming in, but, but not near uh, sufficient to pay for what they were asking for that land. And literally and from, from October, from our fall harvest to January when we purchased the land, God just, God just... Uh, a grace came upon this church that was unreal. And we walked in there and paid cash. And because we, we, I found this out later because a lot of people were watching. And when we made, when we begin to posture toward buying that land, everyone on this island said this, that church will never buy that land. It so upset one pastor, and I don't think he minds me saying this, that he didn't believe it even when it was in the newspaper. So he got in his vehicle and he drove to the, to the Galveston Daily News to make sure it was true. <laughs> so what did everyone have to conclude when we appeared on that newspaper in January, whenever it was, in 2012, and it says, what did it say? New church or something like that, a new church on the block or something like that. And everybody was like... So someone came to me about uh, three or four months after, and he said, man, somebody, that he doesn't go to the street, said, man, y'all must pay a whopping payment on that thing. I said, no, we paid cash. He said, now, come on. So I had my phone, because I took, I took pictures of both the checks. <laughs> Leah was writing out a check. I said, did you ever think in your life as a little old Cajun girl from Abbeville, Louisiana, that you'd be writing a check for $1.13 million and then writing another check for $283,000? And she's like... Why'd you say that? <laughs> so for years, I had them on my, had them on my phone because if people would challenge, I'd say, well, look right here. There were those two checks. Well, that, that's, that, everyone has to conclude this. Listen, in times like this, when you do not know God and when you're watching a situation when people say they're involved with God and something like that happens, the conclusion is this. <laughs> that's God. So immediately, if you're religious, you begin a suppression process. You know, a lot of religious people talk themselves out of miracles or someone else around them does. They just talk themselves out of it. So all of a sudden, here's this man and he's, and he's leaping and he's, and he's running in the temple and he's praising God. So they, they, they retaliate and recoil against the disciples who have now stepped into an apostolic office. So they, they're flowing with a little more power. You say, what do you mean? They didn't walk in that office when they walked with Jesus. They just walked with Jesus. But now they stepped into a ministry office. So there's a dimension of power for that, anointing for that. And I'm telling you, it put a bolt, it put a, it put a backbone of iron in Peter. 
He didn't cower. He didn't deny. He got up and said, bless God, it's his name, through faith in his name that has made this man strong. And whether or not we obey you, our man, our God, you be the judge. You know what he was saying? We ain't obeying you. We're obeying God. What were they telling him to do? Shut this thing down. That's what they were saying. Shut it down. What was he saying? Nope. Now, they prayed that powerful prayer. Grant unto thy servants with all boldness we may speak your word. Behold their threatenings. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done. But now, after they prayed that prayer, look down in verse, I want you to go to verse 23. And I think I've marked this in my Passion Bible. I really like this when I was meditating on this earlier. It says in verse, look at verse 23. Is it 23 or 33? Let me find it here again. Excuse me, it's 33. Notice this. And with great power, now notice that, great power. I say great power. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was on them all. Now do you see that? Now let me find it here. That's chapter 4, verse 33. I got it marked here. Now notice. Passion Bible. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great, listen, great measures of grace rested upon them all. Well, how did they know that unless they observed that? We've said that for years here. Come hear about Jesus. Great. But experience him. Experience Jesus. Experience Christ. Your life needs to be an experience of Christ. Amen. Where not only you realize the the great truth of him being in you by the Spirit of God forever. What a great truth. That'll never change. I mean, we won't go, you know, 14 eons into, the, uh, into, the etern- into eternity and then God show up one day and say, well, you know, uh, it's, it's been quite a while. <laughs> I kind of want my spirit back. <laughs> now, that's not going to happen. You say, why? Because he is truth. Now, what God is doing in these great demonstrations of power is to give evidence of the resurrection of Christ which releases great dimensions of grace. Are you with me? Now your life begin to give a testimony of the resurrection of Jesus the day you got born again. The day you got born again, your physical body became a signpost. It did. And and it said this, Jesus is risen. Notice notice how, how that phrase, Jesus is risen. To us, it stirs our soul. To us, it causes our faith to rise. To us, we can just sense the, the power and the greatness and the grandeur of God. But the world, listen, the world, Jesus is risen. They, you know, they, they think about Easter and Easter bunnies. It's just a religious concept. And here's the reason why. Because their understanding has been darkened by the adversary. Well, who cares? What difference does that make that some religious figure, some rabbi, some who knows what rose from the dead 2,000 years ago? 
that's an ancient fable. I heard somebody say that one time. That's an ancient fable. And you know, the, the world can be very cruel. But here's the thing. You can, you can have an argument against everything righteous and holy. You can argue against Jesus and life and the cross and the resurrection from the dead and heaven and everything else that God gives us. But I'm telling you, you're at the mercy of someone with a testimony, which is what? Which is evidence. I mean, if you accuse me of robbing the bank, you better have some evidence. I mean, they can gather a little more evidence today than they used to. They can take pictures, do all that kind of stuff, camera everywhere, amen? But there's no reason to fear, and this works two ways, I'll show you. There's no reason to fear anything that there's no evidence for. Isn't that right? I mean, if I start hollering, there's a rattlesnake coming down, the rattlesnake, and everybody looks, and there's no rattlesnake. Well, you heard the words, there was one, but your eyes did. There was no testimony. There was no explosion into the sense realm. Now, if one coiled up and started to shake his rattle, everybody go, oh, there's a rattlesnake in here. You say, why? Because there's been contact with the senses. You're going to say, mm-hmm, I can hear. Uh, Lee and I walked into a, into a uh, sporting show. You know where they have uh, fishing stuff and hunting stuff, stuff, all these big shows up at George R. Brown. I walked in and I went, there's rattlesnakes in here. I can smell them. I mean, I can smell them. They got a musty, uh, kind of a musty rot smell to them. Whereas a, whereas a water moccasin's different. Water moccasin, water moccasin has like a wet, rotten smell to them. But that, man, that rotten, you, I can, and I didn't realize that on the other side of the George R. Brown, a guy had 200 of them there. We're playing with them with a stick and all. And I wouldn't, I don't even go near them. I'm like, no, nah. none for me. You want to see the rattlesnake? Nope. Nope, don't, don't even see it. Amen? Now, God wants the same thing. He wants God bursting into the sense realm. Well, what, what realm is that? Just think if all he ever did was to speak audibly. For 2,000 years, the only thing supernatural God ever did was to, I am the Lord. There's nothing like me. Twice a day. 8.30, 2,000 years. I am the Lord, there's nothing like me. Well, after 2,000 years, people would go, there it goes again. What's that mean? I ain't got a clue. Someone thinks they are the Lord and there's nothing like them. Well, has anybody been saved? What does that mean? Healed? No. Filled with the Holy Ghost? What's that? No. It's only by fixing what is wrong. Taking his provision and applying it to your need. And when that power of his provision hits your need, there is a manifestation of the glory of God. What was in the unseen realm that is described as power, because we know that book right there is the power source for God. That is his personal power source that he's given to us. He does everything not by his power, not by the power of the word, but by the word of his power. That means his power produces the word. And then he takes that and gives it to humanity. 
People would destroy themselves. No, because he put grace in it. And he put mercy in it. And he put a regulator called the Holy Ghost, or we'd be blowing each other out the door right and left. You'd have done killed so many people by now and died so many times yourself because everything you see tickles you to death. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if God reached over and turned up the dial of what's truly righteous and how he shows it, and well, everything you say, just like God, everything just like God, everything you say, you're going to have. One preacher said, I'd be raising the dead for six weeks at my church because that's what everybody would say. Well, that just tickles me to death, Pastor, and they'd all just fall over dead. <laughs> Thank God he doesn't do that. Amen. Now, chapter 5. Go over to chapter 5. How's my tongue? Notice verse 12. Verse 12 of chapter 5. And by the hands of the apostles was a sign and a wonder. No, it says many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all of one accord in Solomon's porch. Now notice that again. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs, many signs and wonders wrought among the people. What do you think those signs and wonders were? Well, they were miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance. It could have been miracles of provision. But whatever it is, it was things that signs do what? What do you think those signs are pointing to? Jesus. Or it does what? It makes people wonder. What do you mean by that? Well, I wonder what that is. Curiosity is an amazing force. It's an amazing emotion. It can work for you or against you. Amen? There are some things I was curious about. It didn't work for me. <laughs> Amen? So I learned, you know, pretty distinctly that there are things you may be curious about, but that doesn't give you a license to investigate everything you're curious about. I mean, you might say, well, I'm just curious about what it'd be like to be a woman for five weeks. Well, you might, you might not want to go down that path because there's a spirit waiting for you on that path. Amen? That's why you've got to be so careful. But here is God showing us there were men 2,000 years ago right after the resurrection so expectant of the second return of the Lord Jesus Christ that they were willing to do whatever it took to have the power of God in their lives. And now I'm demonstrating by causing the testimony. Think about this. If they had went around all of their lives and ministries talking about what Jesus did for three and a half years, signs, wonders, and miracles, then got up and tried to preach this Jesus without any demonstration, what do you think would have happened? People were skeptical anyway. I said, they were skeptical anyway. I mean, uh, Israel was in, a, in an uproar. I mean, it wasn't but a short time later, just, just really about 30, 35 years that, that Jerusalem was destroyed. I mean, they, they raised it to the ground, left it burning. So that whole thing was in, a, was, in, was in a mess. So there had to be what? At the, at the time in which the pressure was on the most, God had to demonstrate the greatest. I think you missed a good opportunity to holler. Amen. You say, what do you mean? When the pressure was on the most, you say where? On the church. To do things the kingdom way. The way the Word of God dictates. The wisdom of the Word of God. The knowledge of the Word of God. 
Amen. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and free, he'll flee from you. So now they've got signs, wonders, miracles, and great power the apostles gave. Witness of the resurrection. Now, quickly, time's about up. Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. You know the, the, the beginning of verse 15, we call this the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now notice that. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. These signs shall follow. Not just the ministry, not just super anointed. So no, them that believe. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. They're going to fill the Holy Ghost, speak with new tongues. They're going to take up the devil if he ever gets in the way. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now notice, it talks about how, you know, the Lord was, 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 was uh, working with him. Now listen, verse uh, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Now notice, the Lord working with them, the Lord working with them and confirming the word. Now that's a key. Not confirming the church, not confirming the ministry of, uh, of the apostles, not confirming the reality that they, they, these are the guys. See, that would have been so easy. Because really that's how religion in the Christianity realm got started. You say, why? Because it's so easy to say, Come on. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Matthew, Mark. All, he just, they were all with him. Come on. Something, you know, there's a, something leached off on them. Something got on. They're around him. You know, they're part of that big lie that he's raised from the dead. I mean, that's what religion did. But then it started exploding with what? Signs, wonders, the miraculous, the power of God, the anointing of God, all the great things that God lo loves to do for people because he loves them. And he's wanting their lives to be that demonstration to everybody else. Amen? And what happened? 2,000 years of, nah, it died with the last apostle. Now, God doesn't work anymore. The de now, the devil, uh, you want to talk about the devil? Buddy, he got strong. <laughs> now, the devil, he'll mess you up. Now, church is where you go to hide from the devil, learn how to be good. That's what religion teaches. Because you ain't no match for the devil. I mean, the devil, he's the devil. He's just some little old, you know. You know, and then they'll start going into, yeah, the devil, he's got Hollywood. He got the government. He got the space program. He's in the water. I mean, they go through you know, all this, and they start magnifying the devil. Well, whatever you magnify gets big in your life. But just the opposite is true. It's always been the intention of God to let the scarlet thread of the blood of Jesus as it ran down through the centuries to increase in power, increase in anointing, because he wants us to increase in revelation. Now we end up in the last of the last days, and it's down to what? 
Every time God's ever done anything like that, it's always come down to a remnant of people that say, I believe, I don't believe because there's a thousand mega churches in Houston or in this area. I don't believe because we're all on TV and all flying private jets. I don't believe because we all got millions of dollars in the bank. I believe because it's in my heart and I ain't going to let go of it. That will empower you. You say, why? Because we're not getting visual affirmation. God is saying, no, I'm not giving you visual affirmation. I'm putting the affirmation on the inside of you so the world can get some visual affirmation. So he's going to work with us. Let me read it here in the Passion Bible. It says, uh, what is that, verse 18 or 19? I can't see it. Verse 19, after saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven, sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of God, and the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere. Now listen to this. As the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. So, I believe where we've missed it over the years is we've reserved the miracle signs for some great event. We have a miracle service. We're going to bring in the miracle preacher. We're going to get out the miracle communion cup. Amen? We're going to take a miracle offering, sing some miracle songs. And it really doesn't do anything. He said, what do you mean? God said in Isaiah, he said, the people that I have, and he's speaking of the day we live in, I have given them to the earth for signs and wonders in the earth. So we go around looking for signs and wonders, and God says, no, I want you to be a sign, and I want you to be a wonder. As you walk in the power and the anointing of God, in the last of the last days. So that's why we encourage you, resist fear, resist panic. Some of you, I know we have people that, that work in the medical field. We've got doctors, we've got nurses. I, I, I can imagine it's daunting. I don't want no job in no hospital unless they just let me go door to door pray for people. I'd do that all day long. Amen? But I don't want to do no probing, poking, looking, none of that stuff. <laughs> I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Amen. Oh, everything's like everything on the earth, everything is designed. It's all designed now to freak you out. You know, what was it last week? Some, some earthquake took place and now there's a tsunami coming. Okay. <laughs> Here it comes. Hold your breath. <laughs> Amen? But if you meditate on that, the fear of that could drive you crazy. And what they're doing now, and I believe this is an act of grace that the enemy's trying to mimic. I believe revelation comes so quickly that there can be a revelation and a demonstration of that revelation literally in the same moment. Well, see, the enemy is trying to produce things that'll get your attention, make you freak out, 
and instantaneously create a panic in you, which is a big open door to fear to get a hold of you. I, I, I heard of a statistic the other day. I, just, I, I don't know what to think about it. It talked about, about uh, uh, 17 to 20% of society in, in America, they, don't, they didn't do this in another country, have, have not come out of their houses in 18 months for fear. But did you know there was already a portion of society that was like that because of phobia? Fear of, fear of everything from the air to this to that that are heavily medicated, this or that. So we were, they said we were already about uh, 8 or 10% into that before uh, COVID and, and, and all the other craziness, Afghanistan, you name it, all the other you know, panic points came along. That we were already into that. That just exacerbated it. Men's hearts failing them for fear of that which comes upon the earth. You can't handle it without Jesus. But not only does Jesus want you to be able to handle it, he wants in the midst of this for your life to be a testimony of the resurrection of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that resurrection power is not just some fuzzy warm feeling you get, you know, when you think you've broke through in prayer or something. That's when the bill gets paid, when the check comes in, when the pain goes away, when the doctor says the tumor's not there anymore. That is when the glory of God is in manifestation. And that is when the resurrection of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is in manifestation to prove to everybody, yes, he did raise from the dead. And in reality, your very presence is a testimony of, yes, he did raise from the dead. If he did not rise, from the dead, I would not be sitting in this seat listening to what I'm listening to, experiencing what I'm experiencing right now. Me being here is a testimony. He is risen from the dead. I've had, I've had people for years, they'll drive by and they'll say, man, I, I saw those cars parked in the parking lot on Sunday morning. And they'll drive by and they'll talk about it. You know what, that, what it is? Every, every, we think it's so subtle. It doesn't mean nothing. What cars in the parking lot? To them, it is a testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. A group of people gathered. They see the white people walking in. They see the black people walking in. They see the Hispanic people walking in. They see the hurting people walking in. They see the addicted people. They see it. Then they see them come out together. Come out in fellowship. Come out blessed. It is a testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you go out in public and you witness and you lay hands on your neighbor and you pray with your coworker, or you would pray with somebody just completely today, us coming home, pulled into a place of business and uh, I was pulling a trailer. I had a flat tire on my trailer. Oh, man. Everybody say grace. So I, got, I don't even know about my... my, my uh, Stuff is <laughs> to, to take the tire off, you know, that stuff. Show you how, where's Fernando when I need you, you know? Here comes this hot rod, pulls up. This guy gets, hey, you need help? I said, yeah. He said, I got a floor jack in my truck. I mean, in my car, in the back of my car. He opened the truck, he pulls out this big floor jack, rolls it under my deal, jacks it up, starts busting the nuts on the tire talking, just talking. He says, I'm so-and-so. I talk a lot. <laughs> Amen. But by the time he left, I'd done prayed with him. He had our islandchurch.com. He may be watching us on service. He was a good Samaritan, but I paid him back supernaturally. He may not realize the weight of it yet, but he will one day when he wakes up and recognizes, wait a second, wait a second, this thing is not natural. This is supernatural. God can empower you. God can bless you. God can give you faith. He said, well, he just that's just a circumstance. Somebody just happened. No, listen, that, you've got to get that out of your mind. 
How many times has God done something in our life he didn't get the praise for? Because we thought we did it or we thought we answered our own prayer. You don't answer your own prayer. Listen, God is a supernatural God. He'll give you favor. We call it the fog, the favor of God. And it happens in all kinds of, from the big and the dramatic to the little things. Amen. Amen. What are you smiling at? The fog. That's right. The fog. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Now, Father, every person in here that knows you as Lord and Savior, that has the Spirit of God that abides on the inside and powers, Lord, you have given us as an offering to this earth for signs and wonders in the last day. Let us learn not to lean on the arm of the flesh, but to embrace the grace that you give us in so many different ways. Grace from our giving, grace through salvation, your ability working on our behalf in just about every experience and emotion of life that manifests your power and shows the world he is risen from the dead. The testimony of who we are as a people, as a church, as individuals and as families. Lord, we can all sit down and write for hours the glorious things you've done in our lives. And I thank you that your provision of protection and safety remains on us as we continue to pursue that which you would have us do and who you'd have us be. Father, we thank you as we leave tonight. That grace is upon us. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Thank you that each and every one of us, Heavenly Father, begin to experience new dimensions of grace. That great commission you gave us in Mark 16 for every believer to go into the world, for every believer to lay hands on the sick, for every believer to cast out devils, for every believer to speak with new tongues, for every believer to be protected from what goes from the outside to the inside, just in case there might be something poisonous. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're a supernatural God that reproduces after his own kind, and we are your supernatural children. Let everything we look at in the Word of God scream power into our hearts. Anointing, for we know in these last days the two great attributes of God that we must embrace to help people. We must walk in love and we must walk in your power. Lord, on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, and everything we do handling the resources you've given us, we declare your safety and protection and blessing. We thank you for our ability to withstand sickness and disease. When we are attacked with symptoms, thank you for a great resistance in our bodies as we stand and speak the word. Declare your healing power. And Father, we refuse to be poor, to be broke, to be without. Father, we don't care what happens with inflation, deflation, or any kind of economic upturn or downturn. We thank you that our obedience to you financially has secured for us provision down the river. For we have casted our bread upon the water, and it shall return after many days.
that the fire of evangelism stir in us as we realize who we really are on this earth, what we can really do, and what we really have. Thank you, Father. We'll be an answer to people's prayer and a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life. Lord, we leave tonight in awesome reverence of your name and your power. For you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. We leave tonight walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Covered by the blood. And anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.